There's no glitch in the matrix as Mr. Anderson does it again, while it is another far from sterling performance from City. Not a choking hazard in sight at Watford, and it's always sunny in North London. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the FPL Renegades podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 7 of the FPL Renegades podcast. My name is Drew, I'm recording this on the 28th of December. So just a couple of days have passed from the last game week and we're just a day out from the next one. So no time to catch your breath and uh, it's time to get stuck in again. I had planned on taking a bit of a break and maybe just doing one podcast to cover the Christmas period. But I have the bit between my teeth now and like one of those ultra marathon runners who do seven marathons in seven days. That's my challenge now. I'm going to try and get a, a pot out every game week. Mightn't have the stamina and might fall short, but... We'll give it a go. So you have to laugh because if you don't laugh, you'll cry and no game or hobby should make you cry. Uh, my game week was full of what ifs, maybes, regrets, but I got a respectable 66 points. Took my second hit of the season. Didn't really work out this game week, but when I did it, I was taking into account the next few weeks. So hopefully uh, it'll work out for me. Now, one thing that might make me cry is those 17 points sitting on my bench from uh, Lucas Dina. And beside him is Juan Bissaka with 8 points. So 25 points on the bench. But I'm not one of those people that are going to go on about how unlucky I am. I'm going to talk about it because that's my way of getting rid of the the previous game week. This is like a, a free counselling session for myself. So 25 points on the bench. But to me, all that says is that you have a strong enough squad. I had 11 players that I thought would do better than those two. Three defenders, because obviously I have to play three defenders. So I chose three defenders ahead of them. And my reasoning there was I took a minus four and I finally got a Doherty in. And there was no way I was having this brand new shiny Doherty on my bench after bringing him in. And... I had Dinia on my side all week until I made those moves. But still, Doherty away to Fulham, he easily could have hauled himself. I'm going to struggle to ever bench Robertson and Alonso. So they were my two premium defenders. So that meant there just was no space for Dinia. Wan-Bissaka wasn't as painful. He got a clean sheet, eight points. But I could have happily played all five of them. The fixtures were good. Like I said, it's not really bad luck. I chose to play people ahead of them. It is a sign that the squad is okay. And hopefully going forwards, I'll make some of those points back. Uh, Hazard and Felipe Anderson both got 15 points each. So they contributed to nearly half of my points. And got away with one there. I had talked about not ripping up your team or getting rid of proven performers to hop on this Man United bandwagon. And even though I had alluded to maybe getting rid of Felipe Anderson probably because it was convenient he was in and around the price where I could just get a United midfielder in and get on that bandwagon but common sense prevailed I kept him in his fixtures are still good he's just uh, one of West Ham's more uh, dangerous players and they do look like they have goals in them so I'm glad I I kept him in and that was one of the few things that paid off. I got rid of Wilson and he was my way into the United front line. 
So I had said it, I wasn't really sold on Rashford, but it was just a, a transfer of convenience. And he looked very good, to be fair. He only got two points, so nothing from an FPL point of view. But his performance was very good. And again, you can't be moaning about bad luck. And United scored three goals and Rashford looked really good, but he got no points. That's It's only a positive going forwards of Rashford is uh, putting in these displays. He's going to keep his place. His confidence will be high and he can't score every week. So the fact that he played well can only be taken as a positive for me. My captain Kane got a goal and I say it week in, week out. As long as they get some sort of a attack and return, it can rest easy for the weekend. There's nothing worse than your captain blanking. So I wouldn't be looking at other players with envy, wondering why didn't I captain Hazard. I didn't captain him because he had a worse fixture and he was away from home. You can't... Uh, you can't get everything spot on every week. So happy enough with the captain. Big disappointment was Raheem Sterling. Back-to-back blanks, back-to-back defeats. Didn't look great again. I'm just wondering what's going to happen to him now. I'm not going to get rid of him. They're playing Southampton away and their little mini bubble has burst now. They lost to West Ham at St. Mary's. Surely City have to come back with a... A major response. They're seven points behind. They can't afford to drop points in that one. And look, Sterling could be on the bench, but he also could start and he could like get a 15 point haul himself and life will all be good again. So we won't get rid of him. Uh, Robertson's just a machine. Another clean sheet. Season keeper. Alonso. I'll talk about him a bit later, but as someone who often uh, talks about him as being a season keeper and talks about all of the the high points and quality that he brings. I have to admit, I'm getting a little bit frustrated with him and I'm starting to wonder. Who else? Uh, Patricio, no clean sheet again against Fulham. Late goal from themselves. Had been looking like I was on for a, a great start to Stephen's day with Doherty and Patricio keeping Fulham out for much of that match but I always had in my head that that clean sheet was going to get burst and so it did so we had a another red arrow we went from about 1500 to I think about 3200 back to back red arrows slowly sinking but again we're in grand we're in a grand position Um, there's 6 million players now they're not all playing but I'm probably ahead of and happier than 95% of the people actually playing the game the fact that I'm dropping a couple of thousand positions here and there I can't get too worked up about it and again we go again tomorrow and hope that we can turn it around and get back on the the green arrow train it's hard to believe that game week 20 is upon us already the weeks are just flying in and season will be over before we know it so I'm playing a 4-4-2. I don't think I'm going to make any transfers. I, I can't see anything obvious. And I haven't seen anything looking in the last few days, week. There's been nothing really jumping out of me. Nobody that I need to upgrade. I, I, I don't even want to change anyone on my bench. Sometimes when I have a transfer to make and I can't see anything in the, the first 11, I don't mind just upgrading a sub if they have better fixtures in the next few or if I think it's going to put my squad into a a better position but I can't see any of that so 
I think I'll be happier just having two transfers for week 21 and we can reassess then, especially when we see who plays these games. If there's any injuries, people are again likely to be rested. So I'll uh, be in a better position to make a couple of transfers the following week. I Patricio and goals away to Tottenham. Not a, a promising fixture for him. And if I was to make a, a transfer this week, it was going to be him. I had a look around shopped around the four and a half million keepers and there's nothing really there for me and I've nothing in the bank so I, I literally only have four and a half million for a keeper had a look at Hart some nice fixtures but you can't really put too much faith in Burnley had a look at uh, Ben Foster at Watford but again just longer term I think Patricio is my, my best bet I've stuck with him this long and between weeks 21 and 29 his uh, run of fixtures is quite nice and after putting up with all that pain, I don't want to get rid of the the hope of future points. Like between 21 and 29, he plays Man City, and that's about it. Plays Palace, Leicester, West Ham, Everton, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Cardiff. I couldn't really pick a nicer run of fixtures. And even though they haven't looked like keeping a clean sheet of late, and that that defensive uh, solidity that Wolves seem to have at one point is gone you still have to hope that they'll they'll nick a few uh, clean sheets in there and it, it's a strange one because they're quite tight like their expected goals conceded is never that high they seem to have a nice shape about them but they always concede but they're never really dominated or they don't allow too many shots so Patricio's a weird one he's not really going to get you too many save points so once the clean sheet is gone your your hopes are gone really but like I said Looking at it in a longer term view, Patricio is probably the best four and a half million goalie, so we'll keep him. Uh, then we have Robertson. He's just so consistent and offers so many uh, ways of scoring points that you could never put him on my bench, even though he's playing Arsenal. Liverpool have been very solid, have kept a lot of clean sheets and you wouldn't be shocked to see one there. But even if he does concede... He's just uh, such a great attacking outlet. And with Arsenal's defence being a little bit flaky, there's a hope of points at the other end. Same can be said for Doherty. Don't like my uh, Wolves defensive double up, but that man could score or assist against anyone. And he's in my team for the, the attacking potential rather than the hopes of a clean sheet here. Alonso away to Palace. Could be a bit of a banana skin for Chelsea, but I'm never putting... 7 million on my bench and I don't think now is the right time to get him out so he stays and little Lucas Dina has just about done enough to earn a, a spot in the starting 11 those two goals just gave him the the nod now that's probably going to be his only ever brace in English football and he scored a few goals in the last few weeks so I've probably missed missed those but even if you were to say to me that you were going to give Brighton a 1-0 head start and his clean sheet was just busto from from the get-go I'd still probably play him he's just uh, so attacking puts in so many crosses takes free kicks scores free kicks and he's like a budget Alonso from a few years ago I'm going to think twice about benching him again so he's in the back four don't usually play a back four but my third striker is Jimenez, so that would be a Wolves treble up in probably one of the worst fixtures. Tottenham are one of the form teams, and they're looking pretty solid at home now, so 
don't want to go with the Wolves triple up even though I think he he did quite well in the reverse fixture at Molyneux but Jimenez will be my first sub so then in midfield Richarlison he got a rest there on Stevens Day came on and scored a goal took his shirt off and gave us all a minus one scoring the the fifth goal in a 5-1 win real Ronaldo move and frustrating as hell but he'll be back in the first 11 and he's just been such a consistent um, getter of points for us that we'll have uh, hopes of him doing it again for us then Sterling away to Southampton hard to know what to make of that uh, I brought him in two weeks ago for Salah he's done absolutely nothing for me but I'm kind of loath to get rid of him now I'm not really sure what I would do with that money still have hopes of him uh, get me some points on the board hopefully he'll start as I said it earlier City can't really afford to lose so hopefully uh, Pep plays a really strong team now the only problem is when he, he can play a really strong team without Sterling but he'll be staying in there Hazard away to Palace Felipe Anderson away to Burnley so Burnley haven't just conceded five to Everton uh, we have to be hopeful of an, him being able to get us some more points on the board he seems to start every game and he never gets subbed off so I presume he's going to start again West Ham are on such a nice run they've only lost one game in the last maybe five six seven so I'd hope uh, Pellegrini just wants to keep that momentum going and plays his best players and then up front we have Rashford and Kane home to Bournemouth home to Wolves decent fixtures I think Kane is fairly uh, rotation proof like he got rested there a few games ago and I can see him starting that one. He's probably my most obvious captaincy option. Rashford, playing really well, has gotten some returns in the last few games. Didn't get anything last time out, but like I said, the performance is very good. Now the games are uh, in such quick succession that it's the, the time of the year where a manager can get away with benching players even if they're playing well. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him on the bench uh, Solskjaer has been talking up the likes of Lukaku and Alexis Sanchez and at some point they're bound to be given a go so Rash if Rashford's on the bench he's on the bench but having just brought him in can't really just be bringing lads in and taking them out again the following week if he doesn't play this game he'll surely start the next one because his his form has been quite good on the bench we have Jimenez first sub away to Spurs don't like benching strikers, but it's probably one of the few games where I'll deal with it. Juan Basaka home to Chelsea. Like I said, that could be a banana skin. and You wouldn't be shocked to see Palace get a 0-0 or a 1-0, but Basaka, he's the kind of player that I don't mind benching. He's really going to get attacking returns. Gets a few clean sheets and he's quite a bonus point magnet, but I'll put up with you know 6-8 points on the bench. I don't think he's ever going to go nuts. And it is Chelsea, like, so you would expect Palace to concede there. And then my main man, Camarasa, third sub, away to Leicester. He's like four and a half million when I got him in. I don't feel an under any pressure to ever play him. I could play him ahead of Jimenez's first sub, but even then, his, uh, his output is never going to be crazy. Cardiff just aren't a, a high-scoring team. I can't see Camarasa punishing me too much by putting him on the bench. And he's just going to be, hopefully, the man who saves me when a few of my starting 11 are given a rest. 
So yeah, that's the team for game week 20. Haven't really looked too far beyond that. I'd give myself a bit of a headache. I usually look weeks in advance, but it's hard to judge anything just with the, the fixtures coming so quickly and the the greater chance of injuries and people being rested. It's uh, There is a danger of trying to be too clever. So I'm going to take each week as it comes and wing it a little bit. But happy enough with that team and... We have the the ingredients to do well, but sure, we say that most weeks and it doesn't always happen. So that is me for game week 20. Kane will be the captain. Just looking here, it's between him and Hazard. Sterling was considered, but just can't guarantee that he's going to start, whereas the two lads should. So I always prefer a, a captain to be at home. And that is probably what will just uh, nick it for Kane over Hazard. Both are in solid enough form okay usually i would do a little summary of the the week's results and talk about it from an fpl point of view who did what who should we get in who needs to go but i think the merits or the benefits of that will be a little bit lost in this busy period uh the beneficial side of that is usually if it's like one game week every week you've like all week to listen to that and make a decision and hopefully I'd point out some uh, interesting or useful stuff and if someone takes something away from it great but just with games every two or three days if you don't listen to it that day or the following day the information's irrelevant if the game week has passed so I'm going to skip it for this week and probably the next few what I will do is I'll just talk about a few things that I see being debated on Twitter or a few talking points that I'm thinking about for my own squad and I'll start with Marcus Alonso so keeper sell I would have been a strong defender of Alonso uh, keep him in your your team for the season he's 7 million not many forwards or midfielders at that price are going to outscore him he has the added bonus of getting clean sheet points um, he just offers a, a variety of ways of scoring your points and as a really high owned player and one of the few defenders who can explode. You are just opening yourself up to a, a big drop in rank if you don't have him the the times he does explode. But like, are those days gone? I'm looking here, he hasn't had an attacking return since game week 11. And even when he was um, quite quiet on the attacking front, Chelsea were keeping some clean sheets. So you were getting six points, but you also had the, the added hope of him getting a haul here and there. And seven million wasn't a bad price to pay for a consistent uh, return of points but with the, the hope like if he was just getting six points every week that I wouldn't really be interested in him you know but it is that uh that extra hope that he gives you like I said no attack and return in a long time the clean sheets are drying up a little bit he's kept two in his last eight and they're against teams that you probably wouldn't have expected him to keep a clean sheet against uh, Everton was nil all and they bet City 2-0 so they're not even keeping clean sheets in the matches that you would expect you know against the smaller or the more mid-table teams so what is he actually offering us at the minute not a lot and I think the fact that I don't really have anywhere to invest the extra two two and a half million that I would get from getting them out means I'm going to keep them because I probably would swap them out for a budget defender and use the money elsewhere um, I'm currently quite happy with my premiums I have Harry Kane his fixtures are are good coming up 
I have Hazard. He's the main man at the moment. There's nobody in the game right now that I'd rather own. Now, I'll talk about Salah later, but if I could have both of them, I'd be pretty happy. But just for the next few games, I'm not in any rush to get in Salah. Sterling is my problem area. I'm not ready to admit defeat and get him out after two games, two blanks. I still have hope that I'll get some points out of him before having to make that decision. So a mix of that and also Alonso's fixtures coming up mean he's going to stay in my team. I have stuck with him up to now, kept the faith, haven't really got a lot for my money, but with Palace, Southampton, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Huddersfield in the next six, I think I'll keep him for four to six of those and see how he gets on and reevaluate after that. If it's more the same and we're getting drips and drabs of points, it might be time to call it a day, admit I was wrong and uh, move on. Now, it seemed like Hazard was uh, strangling him a little bit out on the left. Just hasn't really done anything since Hazard started starting games. But now that he is playing through the middle, maybe uh, Alonso will start to find a little bit more freedom out there and not be as... Uh, restricted so for me it is a keep but i couldn't really argue if someone could uh, improve their squad elsewhere and use that money effectively to to bring in someone who might be punishing them week in week out like if you don't didn't have hazard and you felt that your rank was being hit week after week and you could get in him by downgrading alonso i couldn't really put you off that because there are some uh fairly good value budget defenders but beware just beware because Alonso could come back to haunt you so it's a keep for me but not in a an overly strong way the next area I'm looking at in my squad is Man City what do we do with our Man City players and a few weeks ago I was casually just riding a wave of not having Man City players and not getting punished and I joked that eventually it would come back to haunt me and at some point I would need to get in Sterling or Sané. So I got in Sterling and the joke is on me. I, I've i been punished uh, in the opposite way. He's done absolutely nothing. Whereas the man I got rid of, Salah, has just gone on a rampage and laughed at me. Just laughed in my face. My one hope of uh, this transfer being vindicated was that I always thought Salah would, wouldn't play 90 minutes against Newcastle. Thought he mightn't start. I thought if he did, he'd be taken off at some point. I didn't think he'd play 90 and get another 12-point haul. So 24 points in the last two games, whereas Sterling has gotten me four. So that hurts a lot. But like I said, I'm not going to get rid of Sterling this week. Away to Southampton. They bet them 6-1 last time out. And Southampton did lose to West Ham at home just last night. So City have to win. They have to produce a performance. They have to, uh, you know, they have to go big here. I don't mean big as in win five or six nil, but the, you know, they really have to put it on the line, and the performance levels have to be so much better than they have been. Now, my big concern is no Fernandinho, and it's not looking like he'll be back. And people always say it's a bit of a cliche. He's an unsung hero. He does all the donkey work. People don't really uh, appreciate what he does until he's gone. And I agree with all that, but I don't think people fully realised it until 
he was gone. Those two games that he, he didn't play in, they lost both. Didn't look great. They gave up some amount of chances against Leicester. Just not used to seeing that. And it seems he's just absolutely essential to them. So while we will laugh at him and never consider putting him in our FPL teams, we probably need him to set our actual City players free. And that's my worry, that he probably won't be back for the next couple of games. Especially the Liverpool match. They, From a title perspective, they really need him back for that. They just don't, for all the strength and depth they have, they just don't have anyone that can do half the job that he does. He's a, he's such a player and a really big miss for them. If you have City players, I don't think you can really get rid of them for the Southampton game. Again, if it's to get in someone like Hazard, fair enough. But I'd be sticking with them and just hoping for the best. But that is my worry, not Pep Roulette. Not the fact that Sterling hasn't really done anything in the last couple of games. It's the fact that Ferdinio, Fernandinho looks like he's going to be out again. And uh, that's going to be a big blow to to our hopes of getting our City players back on track. Hyung Min Sun, what a player. And some amount of points that all of us non-owners have missed out on in the last few weeks. Just in the last five or six games, the ones where he started... He's just putting a serious amount of points on the board. And I wouldn't really put anyone off getting him in. Even though I think he's he'll be around for three more games for Tottenham. And I don't see any problem in getting him in for those three games. With a plan to get him out. I don't like, uh, like I said, burning a transfer. You know, bringing someone in who I know I'll have to get rid of. But it, the upside of him is just so high that... I don't think it's a bad move to do it. Like he got 13 points against Bournemouth, 21 in the game before that. In week 17, he was rested. He only got 15 minutes. So I think he's going to play the next few games. And in those 15 minutes, he just changed that game against Burnley, him and Eriksen coming on. So he is just so important to to their title chances. And you'd think Pochettino would be trying to get every little ounce out of him before he heads off. Seven goals, five assists this season. They've all come recently and the man is just on fire. So if we look at those next three fixtures, on paper, they're not bad at all. He's playing Wolves tomorrow, then Cardiff away. Like what could Tottenham do to Cardiff? United scored five against them in uh, their first game under Solskjaer when they couldn't have had that much time to iron things out and you know get into a serious rhythm. So what could Tottenham do to them? Again, I think I worry about rotation more than I should, and I'm going to try and take that out of my game a bit. But if you're thinking he's playing Wolves tomorrow, then he plays Cardiff three days later, and then there's United after that. So maybe that would be the one that he'd rest him in. But there's such a gap between the Cardiff and United games that it should be okay. I'm going to have to double-check that, actually. I'm pretty sure he's around for those three games. That's what I have in my head. Probably should have looked it up before I started telling you that he is, but I think he is. Now that United match, even though they're they're looking a lot better, we still don't know how a solid they're going to be defensively, and just the way they're playing, just chasing goals, and they're often a uh, caught out of position. And Tottenham are a very good attacking counter attacking team, even, and they could really punish United in that game. 
Now, Solskjaer has a, a few weeks to plan that one and maybe they won't be as uh, gung-ho in a match away to Spurs because they really can't afford to lose that one. The United need to to keep the momentum up, uh, put pressure on those few teams ahead of them in the top four and just uh, give themselves something to play for in the second half of the season. If they lose that game and go uh, even further behind the top four, it's going to be hard to get themselves back up. And then on the other hand, Spurs can't afford to lose that game if they have any real uh, designs on the title. So it should be a cracking game, one to look forward to. And if Sun is around for it, it wouldn't put me off the fact that he's playing uh, United. So if you don't have him in and think that are thinking about it for the next few weeks, I definitely wouldn't put anyone off. Just have a, a plan in place to get rid of him. And you probably can just get another Spurs player in for him. His uh, absence is going to give someone else a chance. And after that, they play Fulham, Watford, Newcastle, Leicester, Burnley. So the, the fixtures stay pretty kind for quite a while. And uh, you might be able to find an alternative that way. Right, let's reevaluate Solskjaer's United after his first two games in charge. I won't go into any great detail because people have spoken at length about United and their assets. But uh, I just want to check in and see who's done what. If you have no United players, who should you get in? If you already have some, should you be looking at more? So eight goals scored in those two games. Am I dreaming? And two goals conceded. Now probably two goals against the, the most impotent attacks in the league. So that's something to work on. And like I said before, I don't think I'll be planning on getting in any of their defenders till I see that they've uh, settled a bit and have the potential to keep a clean sheet. The undoubted star of the show, both on the actual points board and just performances-wise, has been Pogba. He's just like a completely different animal. And that's just a massive up yours to Mourinho. But two sides to every story, and I won't get into that. I'm just happy as a United fan and as a big Pogba fan, even though it's been hard to be one of those the last few months, to see him uh, coming back into the kind of form that we'd all hoped for after watching him at Juventus. So 28 points in the last two games. Three assists, two goals. That's explosive. And he's not really a player that you would generally consider as being explosive. He's not like a Sané or a Sterling or a Salah who is going to get you those kind of hauls and just look lethal in the process. His ability to be explosive is a little bit different and probably a little less eye-catching. But it doesn't mean that he's not going to be able to rack up big scores if you get him in. And on his day, he is a 10, 11 million pound midfielder in an eight million pound midfielder's clothing. Now maybe I've gone a million or so too high there. But on his day, he just is the complete package and he's he's such a strange player. Not many players have the array of abilities and skills he have has even built into his his frame. He's just a he's a unique kind of player. But at around eight million, I think he's around eight million. He could have could be ten million for all I know at the minute, the way price rises are going. People are just uh getting people in at the drop of a hat but he is United's best option and if I was to get in one of their midfielders it would be him still might be on penalties very creative likes a shot it's unsustainable to be scoring two goals a game from outside the box but he is one of the better long-range shooters and he is gonna score a fair few goals that way showed against Man City last year he can do it in the bigger games as well and get some goals in the box prefer my attacking players to have a 
plenty of touches in the box and there's shots to be in the box. He's just a little bit different to that, but it wouldn't put me off him. So who else do we have? We have Lingard, not as nailed on as Pogba. The reason that Pogs would be my, my number one choice is you can't really see him getting dropped. Doesn't get injured too often, really fit. And he's so important to that team that he's not, he's never going to be dropped, like unless his form uh, falters horribly or unless he's given a bit of a rest. But I, I can't see that happening in the next few games anyway. Lingard, he started the last five, played 90 in Solskjaer's first two games, but he just has a bit more competition, a bit more viable competition to the likes of Pogba. Like when Alexis comes back, when Lukaku moves into the middle, Martial or Rashford might move over to that right-hand side. He's just one of those people that's a little bit easier to drop, even though he's in good form. Uh, got 18 points against Cardiff. Got another assist here. And at his price, he's not a bad option. But I prefer Pogba. Not to repeat myself, but the whole Rashford, Martial uh, conundrum is still the same for me. Not really sold on either of them. I have Rashford in my team. We'll keep him there for a few games because he is good value at 7 million. But I don't know if I'd be going mad to get him in myself if I didn't have him already. Same goes for Martial. People who brought him in got a bit unlucky there. With him missing out. But he's just a little bit inconsistent as well. And there are better options for other teams at in and around the same price. So that probably covers all the United players. You can't really consider the likes of Lukaku or Alexis Sanchez. They're too expensive. They've shown no kind of form. And they could just be like blockers to the, the players we actually want. Because I presume Solskjaer is going to give them minutes at some point. And that's just going to decrease the minutes that the actual players we have get on the pitch. So they're kind of just be going to be detrimental to our uh, owning United players. And they're, they're just ones to watch at the minute. I can't imagine them becoming options. They're just too expensive. There's far better premiums. But uh, we'll keep an eye on it anyway. United play... Spurs in a couple of games and that's going to be their first real test under uh, Solskjaer it's going to be an interesting one I mentioned it briefly like Spurs are a great counter-attacking team and just the way United have been playing lately they could just be cut apart especially if uh, the defence doesn't uh, shore up a little bit like it's all well and good scoring three, four, five goals against the likes of uh, Huddersfield and Cardiff but Spurs away is a completely different proposition but the next two Bournemouth at home and Newcastle away. St. James's can be a frustrating place to go, but just with the mood and the form they're in, you could expect the players to go big again over the next two. Right, so I'll just wrap up my few observations by talking a little bit about Liverpool and Salah in particular. So, like I said at the start, this is kind of like a, a free counselling session for myself. And for some strange reason, my parents, siblings, the missus, the dog have no interest in listening to me uh, talk about how unlucky I was in uh, bringing out Salah and bringing in Sterling. Even if you make a compelling case and uh, have all the stats and all the evidence and deliver it in a what you think is a fairly exciting manner, it just seems to put people to sleep. So 
I'm interested in it and maybe other people are. So I'll just uh, talk away here to myself about it. So no doubt my big mistake of the season was getting rid of Salah. And I thought I'd pinpointed the right time to do it. And it's looking like I really didn't. It's been a, a big failure. So I've had him since day one and went through all the game weeks of him doing far too little to justify his, his price. Now, as a keen follower of underlying stats, his stats never really wavered and that's what kept me on him. Uh, the likes of Kane, who kind of build their uh, points accumulation on firing in shots left, right and centre, uh, are always in the box, shoot on sight, and probably have seven or eight shots a game when they're on fire. So when the likes of his stats drop off and you see some games where he's getting two shots a game, I start to worry then and think about getting rid of him. Salah never really went through that and it was near the end of our time together where he had started racking up serious points. So just in hindsight when I'm looking at it, I am just wondering to myself, why exactly did you do it? And partially fear. A lot of us play this game based on fear and I do envy the people who just do what they want. They don't really worry about the consequences. They don't play f too far ahead. They just play the game for sheer fun and uh, get in who they want, when they want, and take it from there. And not to say I don't have fun. I, I obviously enjoy playing this game. But sometimes I might put too much thought into it. And I think the sensible option would have been to keep Salah. And like I said, it is complete Captain Hindsight stuff here because... Any of the little uh, reasons I was holding on to for getting rid of him haven't really materialised. He played 90 against Wolves. Wolves who I thought would uh, be stern opposition. 12 points. Played 90 against Newcastle. And that was really where I thought he was going to be rested. Um, just You've probably heard me say these four fixtures in a row about 80 times over the last four podcasts. But like Wolves away, Newcastle home, Arsenal and City in the next four. And over that festive period where the games just come so quickly. I thought he had to be rested in one of those two games. Because he's not going to be benched against Arsenal. And they have to play him against City. So I've missed that boat. That little window of me hoping this transfer might turn out to be a success. It's gone. No matter what Sterling does now that transfer was a fuck up to be honest so and I, I don't think I even did anything with the the extra few quid that I made out of getting Sterling in like I was able to upgrade Bennett to Doherty and in turn that led to me putting Dini on the bench so it's just been a a bit of a shit show of uh, transfers and just the, the knock on effect from all them and I put it all down to getting rid of Salah so 13.2 million now I think and it's easy to say now that he has those halls on the board he probably is value for money and it's more so because there's so many budget options this year he's not going to negatively affect your team elsewhere because there is so much value for money elsewhere and you'll be able to 
build a squad around him that's capable of scoring big points. So you just keep him in your team. You put up with the the few actual blanks that he's going to have. You just accept the games where he might only get one assist or one goal, no bonus. And you just keep him in there because you know every few weeks he's going to deliver a big points haul. By the end of the game, there's going to be very uh, few players, if any, that are going to be above him. And the only real way that we're going to mess it up is by bringing him in and out and trying to anticipate where he's going to blank and get him back in for where you think he's going to go big. And that's hard to do and it's not really worth it. It's burning transfers. You're never going to get it spot on. And yeah, that's my big regret of the season. Should have just kept him in. Now, now that I don't have him, and for those that don't have him, I wouldn't be jumping on that uh, that bandwagon now. He still does have Arsenal and City and maybe Brighton after that. So I'm going to just uh, keep the fingers crossed, hide behind the couch when Liverpool are playing and hope that that transfer is not made to seem even worse. Anyway, that's enough about Salah. I've, I've talked about him for about 20 minutes, but still hurts. Just briefly. Seeing as Liverpool are top of the league, they're doing so well and people have been maybe moving away from their assets and finding other players the last few weeks, I feel, you know. A few weeks ago, people were all over Man City, then people were trying to get Hazard in, they were deciding between Kane and Aubameyang, they were looking to fund all these transfers and weren't really talking a, a great deal about Liverpool assets other than Salah. And the defence. And that's where you probably should be focusing. Uh, just Salah. And maybe if you want three Liverpool players. Double up on the defence. Because they've been so solid this season. And you could take your pick. At this stage going forwards. I presume most people have Robertson at this stage. But if you want to double them up. There is Van Dijk. Uh, Trent came back last week. Had a nice assist. Gomez is out. Klein isn't really as solid an option as he was years ago. So I, I can't see Alexander-Arnold getting rotated too much. He's just very attacking, crosses the ball in at will, takes set pieces, 5.1 million. He, he's probably a bargain. Like I said, Van Dijk again. He's more expensive, but you know he's going to start week in and week out, and he does uh, have a bit of an attacking threat. And now we have Lovren. The, the best defender in the world, 4.9 million and scored a goal that a Salah would have been proud of. Great finish. So with Joe Gomez out, Matip is out. He's probably going to play more often than not and he's great value, 4.9 million. So if you're looking for that defensive double up, there's another great option. Mane, does anyone still own Mane? He's a... Uh, He's just so frustrating. He's either going to get you 20 points or he's going to blank. And he's he's going to blank in about 80 or 90% of those games. Uh, I can't remember the last time he scored. Well, he scored against United. Maybe that's why I, I, I'm choosing to ignore that. But uh, he's just not consistent enough and there's better options. And one of them might be Shakiri, Even though he's going to get rotated and you can't bank on his minutes. He's at a price where you'd be able to absorb that a bit and if you have a decent bench, it's not as uh, heartbreaking when your 7.1 million Liverpool player is benched. 
uh, Firmino hasn't really done enough to justify having him as a in one of your forward slots or even one of your Liverpool ones. So yeah, if I had to be on Liverpool players, and I only own own Robertson, I'd be looking to get Salah back in maybe in a few weeks, and possibly doing the the defensive double up. And that is our wrap, episode seven in the bag. So now that I've made that conscious decision to try and churn out an episode per week, I'll be back for game week 21. Now I say it in hope more than belief every week, but we might get another Renegade in the studio. Is it a stu- Yeah, we call it a studio to do the next episode. And like I always say, it's nice to get another voice and another opinion and they might be able to highlight some gold that even I may have missed. So if you did enjoy the episode, please do share it round. Give us a follow on Twitter. It's FPL Renegades at Renegades FPL. We've decided not to do our two weekly segments just for the, the next couple of game weeks. So our poll and our thing where we face off against a follower. The games just come too thick and fast that it's it's too difficult to try and coordinate and organise all of that. So we'll be back in the new year with both of them. And... We will chat to you soon. Good luck.